Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Uh, it is Wednesday and in a few days from now we're going to have the June 2017 uh, LSAT coming up and uh, we thought that we would do a special episode just focused on what you can do uh, in these last few days before the LSAT and on the LSAT itself. This was uh, this idea came from a listener who suggested we have a episode dedicated to people who are driving to the LSAT, and we were thinking that's a great idea. We'd also like to add a little bit to that and um, maybe even step back a couple days and tell you what you can do the day before the LSAT and just how to get in the right mindset and then go from there. So uh, with me, of course, is Nathan Fox. Nathan, how you doing? Oh, awesome, man. It's been a fun uh, lead up to the June LSAT. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody go tackle that thing on Monday and uh, find out how it goes. Yeah. Um, well, do you have anything before we jump into this? No, I, I, you know, thanks to the listeners for all of your questions. Um, we do still have a big backlog of your specific questions and we promise we will get to those. But, uh, today this is a, a special episode for last minute. Yeah. Test takers. If you're taking the test, uh, this coming Monday, or if you know, you could listen to this. Yeah. It was a listener suggestion. Listen to it when you're driving on your way to the test. So that's kind of the idea here. Uh, Probably not going to talk about a whole bunch of uh, brand new concepts. Instead, we're going to just talk about all of the uh, fundamental, basic, easy stuff that you should be thinking about on the day. Yeah, let's let's dive into the details about necessary and sufficient assumptions. Make you <laughs> think, wait, did I really understand that? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of probably the biggest message that we're going to deliver, right? That if you if it's if the test is tomorrow, or if the test is you know two days from now, or if you're on your way right now to the test. Uh, you've either put in the work or you haven't put in the work. Yeah. There's there's not like you're going to last minute find the secret. This isn't studying for your, uh, you know, ke- chemistry quiz or whatever, where you just need to cram in a piece, of, a few pieces of knowledge at the very last minute so that you can regurgitate them on the test. That's not the way this works. So you can just take a deep breath, I think. I mean, you're either ready or you're not, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, one student put it uh, a few years ago. They said to me, the hay is in the barn. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a very rural reference. Yes. (laughs) Very American in some way, you know, (laughs) but uh, yeah. And so that's good news and bad news, right? If you're not ready, then you're not ready. And if you are, there's no need to stress. Um, these skills are now embedded in you and you're going to do exactly what you've been doing all along. And that's, that's good news. Yeah. And if you, if you had a bad practice test in the last few days, or if you're, if your test scores, you know, people like to find these small sample glitches where they're like, Oh my, I, I was doing so well. And then all of a sudden I just lost it. It's like, no, that's a small sample. That's a bad data point. We don't give a shit about that. I I want you to be thinking about the average of your last five or the average of your last 10. So that one bad practice test you had or, geez, that one bad section that you had, 
Mm-hmm. You know, people like to do that thing where they freak out like, well, I missed seven on this section. And if I did that on all four sections, I would miss 28. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. But you're, you know, boy, if you did one question and missed it and you did that on all hundred questions, then you would miss a hundred. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> no, that's what you can't, you just can't extrapolate from these tiny samples. So your last test is a small, tiny sample and it doesn't have to mean anything. And you know, it's the three months of work that you put in leading up to this thing that really matters. And if you didn't put that three months of work in, then, you know, all right, fine. Maybe you're not fully prepared for the test, but, uh, you always have another chance in September and worrying about it isn't going to help you at all on this one anyway. So yeah, you got to go in and play the game that you actually have. Yeah. By the way, um, speaking of all that memory is a weird thing. Cause I, my memory is now kind of fading and I'm getting confused oh. as to why I had not like generally, I'm not like, <laughs> I was going to start shopping for a new <laughs> podcast partner. Uh, and what was your oh, name shit, again? Ben um, has dementia. Oh no. <laughs> I think the fact that I'm aware of it means it's not that bad, right? No, I was just thinking of this specific memory. Uh, cause I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but, um, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually confused by how I even got this number or whatever. But uh, when I was uh, getting ready to take the LSAT within the last week or something like that, I had a test score that in my memory, I said to myself, oh, this is 11 points lower than what Oof. I've been scoring. And you know, even that's a little strange because I don't know how I got 11. Like I had some specific number, maybe – um, that was the highest score I had gotten. And then I got 11 points below that. I have no idea. I just kind of have this number in my head that I dropped 11 points before the official LSAT. And then, um, I don't even remember if I recovered before I took the LSAT officially or whatnot, but the thing is, is just stuff like this happens and it's, it's not, it's a one-off thing and it's not a big deal and it happens all the time. So if that is your case, uh, don't think you're alone, and this is the test that really reflects where you're at, and it's the true test. It's the true indicator. Yeah. Um, I think people sell themselves short all the time, right? They're like, uh, they do well, and they're like, oh, that was a flop, and they do poorly, and they're like, well, that's that's really yeah. where I'm at. Well, there's something in the character of lawyers, like real lawyers. I think the ones that are going to be really good lawyers. Mm-hmm. I think they sort of inherently never feel like they're prepared enough. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a quality, a characteristic that is going to serve you very well when you're actually practicing. Yeah. That to, to just only see your own, your own weaknesses all the time. I mean, your, your client is going to really appreciate that you only see the weaknesses and that you mm-hmm. are, <laughs> that you're the most prepared person in the room all the time because of that. So yeah. That thing you're talking about that you did, Ben, I mean, I think that's very, very common. And I think it's in the nature of a lot of these future lawyers of America to just say their their brain automatically snaps to, well, what was my highest score and what's my worst recent performance? And okay, I have fallen by 11 points. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They're just, their brain is constantly running that cycle of like, why do I suck? How am I shitty? Where am I? What's my problem? Where, why am I so bad at this? And it's like, okay, but you're you're not though and and you can't just be picking and choosing which data points to look at. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> the hay is in the barn. Um 
Now, I noticed that on your list of – we actually somewhat prepared for this episode. We, this is like we maybe created, besides episode one, this is the only time we've ever prepared for actually <laughs> prepared a little bit for an episode. What did yeah. we do for episode one? I have no oh, idea. Oh, I don't know. I think we like had very awkwardly some agenda, some outline of things we wanted to talk about. And <laughs> we were all stiff and stuffy and everything on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a, this and this outline might mess us up, right? I think that that's one of the problems with outlines is it makes you feel like you have to follow this exactly this yeah. path. And but in any case, I noticed you said um, go see Wonder Woman the night before. So I'm wondering, did you end up seeing that and liked it or something? Or are you yeah, just... dude, I loved it. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my... I've heard great reviews. I've heard that everybody loves it. So yeah, I took my sister on a date. Uh, it was fun. She got a babysitter. What? I didn't even know you had a sister. I have a younger sister. She is 38. She's a kindergarten teacher. Okay. And she has a a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old. And the 10-year-old was on a trip. And the 2-year-old, she dumped off on her husband. Oh, no. It's actually dumped off on my mom for the day. Okay. and uh, Or for the morning. And uh, I took her and we went and saw Wonder Woman. And it was awesome. I really liked it. Cool. I knew it was going to be good. Everybody's talking about it like it's really good. Plus, movies are just really good these days. But uh, it, I'm not into comic books. I, yes, I know you thought you think it's going to be cheesy. I thought it was going to be cheesy too, but it, it really wasn't. It was. She's a badass action hero, and the cast is awesome, and the story is really nice. And uh, yeah, it, it was it was uh, it was inspiring. I I'm a softy in my old age, but, uh, it did get a little dusty in the theater a couple times. It's a, it's a, like an achievement. I think that movie is really, it's really nice. So yeah, I'm definitely recommending wonder woman, but I also just recommend the idea of going to a movie. Um, yeah. I wish, Oh, I recommend that all the time. Yeah. I went, when I, when I took the LSAT way back in 2007, I went to a movie, the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you go to a movie the, before your test? I don't remember. Probably yeah. not. I was probably boring and lame, but I, w- I would suggest it all the time now because it takes your mind off of the stress of whatever is, you know, stressing you out yeah. about it being the official test and yada, yada. Yeah. But, um, and people are like, well, but we got, but Netflix and all, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I know that, that's good too. But when you do the Netflix thing, you know, you have the option at any moment to pause and to pick up your LSAT books <laughs> and that's, or you're, you're, you're watching Netflix and your LSAT books are over there in the corner. Yeah. And I would prefer that you have, you, you have consciously made the decision to shut it down. You're, you're done with your studying, you're declaring victory or at least temporarily you're declaring that you're as ready as you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And part of that is going when you go to the movies, you know, you're you're on somebody else's agenda. You're just they give you a start time and then you just have to show up and that's all you got to do. <laughs> you just show up, sit yeah. there, eat your popcorn and be entertained for a while. Something about the big screen, the awesome sound, mm-hmm. everything about it. Right. It's this immersive experience where you're just you know and you don't have the option to pause it and 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 whatever you know you're not supposed to be looking at your phone and your email and top law schools forums yeah Yeah. all that shit right so i don't know i i just i do really recommend 
the idea of going to a movie on the night before if you can. By the way, uh, this reminds me of another thing, and that is I think a lot of times people try to <clears throat> go to bed early the night before, and I actually think that can be counterproductive, and I think that um, uh, research backs this up. Uh, people who struggle with sleep issues, right, and a lot of Americans do, you don't have to be an insomniac per se. You can just not get the best sleep, and part of the problem is – trying to force it to happen, right? Like going to bed early and being like, oh, I should get to bed. I should have plenty of sleep. Yeah, it'd be ideal to get as much sleep as you can before the official LSAT so you're rested. But at the same time, if you get in bed earlier than you normally get in bed, you're not going to naturally fall asleep and you're already thinking about the test. So now you're like just restless. And they, they say the number one thing or one of the number one things is to not stay in bed if you're not falling asleep. Um, and so I'd rather someone stay up a little bit later and then be like, okay, I'm kind of tired and then hit the sack and fall asleep and have a good night's sleep than be like restless the whole night with yeah. mediocre sleep. Yeah. The other, my, my other insomnia tip is, and I think I've said this on the show before when we had, uh, Mike, the NyQuil guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mike his, NyQuil. Yeah. <laughs> um, my best insomnia tip is just to tell yourself uh, that if you are like, so let's say you, you stay up, you go to bed at a normal time mm -hmm. and you're laying there and you realize that you're having these obsessive thoughts and you're trying to force yourself to go to sleep and it's not working. Yeah. Um, the, another tip is just, and a, cause a physician told me this, that if, if you just, Remember that you are getting benefit from quietly resting in bed, even if you're not asleep. Mm. So mm -hmm. your body is physically getting rest and your brain is also getting rest just because just due to the fact that you're laying there with your eyes closed and you're just calmly resting. Yeah, it's not as good as sleeping, but it is you are recharging. Mm -hmm. And I found that when I when I realized that. I found that then it was much easier to actually go to sleep because mm -hmm. I'll just now when I, if, if I ever am in that situation, like, Oh geez, I got to get up early in the morning or boy, big day tomorrow. I really got to get some sleep. Sure. I can just lay there and go, yeah, okay. But you know, for now it's dark, it's quiet. I'm comfortable. I'm in my bed. I'm just, I'm just resting now. And you know, my body is recharging. I'm resting even though I'm not asleep. And then, yeah, it's like just next thing, you know, i I fall asleep. So yeah, Hopefully well, I think, that might help. Yeah, no, definitely that's helpful. I think that uh, the reason people are staying awake is mostly mental, right? Like your yeah. your mind is um, thinking and thus not letting you sort of let go and go to sleep. So to add to that, I would say um, try – there's like tons of meditation apps. Calm is the one that I use, but um, – just listen to that. It forces you to like, it keeps reminding you to let these thoughts go. And that's uh, part of what you're doing. Or another thing is to like listen to uh, an audio book of a you know, fiction story. I'll even say that for you, Nathan, a fiction story. <laughs> um, and you listen, you start listening to it. And again, your mind like starts moving away from whatever's keeping you agitated or awake. And you're following the story and all of a sudden you find yourself like drifting off. You're like, wait, what did they say? What did they say? I missed it. And that's perfect. That's exactly where you want to be. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, or even if you're just reading a printed book, so, you know, I do, I find a book to be really helpful to go to sleep. If I'm, I just lay there and read and eventually I'll notice that I just didn't quite catch what happened on that last page. And mm-hmm. I'll frequently I'll just decide, okay, that's a good, <laughs> good, <Yeah. laughs> good, good sign that it's time to just <laughs> close the book and turn off the light and go yeah. to sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, so if you're listening to this, uh, we think that this, this episode is going to come out on Thursday or Friday before the Monday test. So if you have a day or two before the test, it, it is certainly time to wrap up the LSAT studying. Um, you need to do things like uh, sleep, diet, exercise, all that stuff is vastly more important than any last minute LSAT studying that you might do. So for sure, you need to shut it down on the LSAT studying and you need to get yourself into a happy, focused place. I think that's can you imagine anything more important to do that than that on the day or two before the test? No. And I think that, uh, to your point about exercise, sometimes I mention that in class and a lot of people are like, yeah, that makes sense. And sometimes people kind of chuckle a little bit. I think it sounds like sort of like, I don't know, kind of iffy, like, sure. Yeah. Maybe exercise would help me. But I think study after study has shown that, Moderate exercise will make you sleep better. It'll make you a little more tired. It makes you mentally more focused. So if you're thinking about the last couple of days before the LSAT, you could sit down for 30 minutes and do a 35-minute section and try to learn from that. And uh, Okay, but like, take those 30 minutes and go jog somewhere. Don't do something crazy, but you know, do something physical and get – those benefits, there's endorphins, there's all sorts of things. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I, I think we see studies like this every other month that are like, yeah, this helps you. This helps you in a number of different ways. Oh. And so just, you know, I think stop rolling your eyes and just go do it. I would say the last couple of days it's more beneficial than studying. But anyway, yeah. It increases the blood flow to your brain. Yeah. I mean, huh. I wonder, I don't have, you know, I'm not like a physician, but... <laughs> Boy, it sure seems like that ought to help your your mental faculties to yeah. get up and moving around a, a little bit. I mean, a walk can do wonders. Walks are yeah. also like you know meditative. So just to I think to they're undervalued, up, right? They yeah. seem unimpressive. It's just like oh, all you did was walk, but you walk for a couple miles, and you've, I think you've done a lot more than you realize. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Okay, cool. So we're definitely in on the. Uh, exercise, sleep, diet, meditation thing. Um, one, I like to point out to people that, you know, no matter how well prepared you are, you're going to have a bell curve of possible outcomes that you're going to bring with you on the day of the test. Everybody's got, you know, a better and worse version of themselves that they're going to bring with them to the day. Sure. Or, or that they can bring with them to any uh, any day, right? If you plot yeah. anyone's results, you're gonna see some of, somewhat of a curve. Mm-hmm. And at, through prep, we can move that curve 
forward, right? We can move the entire curve forward. That's what prep does, is it yep. moves the center of the curve and the top of the curve and the bottom of the curve, and that all slides along the curve, slides along to the right, right? And mm-hmm. so your worst performances get a little better, your best performances get a little better, and your average gets a little better, slowly but surely, right? That's what we do for a living every day. We just try to help people move that curve slightly to the right. Yeah. But, um, far more important in the, in, in any individual trial, far more important is just getting something, uh, at or above the middle of your own personal bell curve. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like what I think when I think about performance issues, right. Um, making sure that you're the best you, you can be. Yeah, exactly. So I think the way I tend to think about this is you're talking about the difference between uh, executing and your like innate skills or whatever. Yeah, you're you you are like this whole portfolio of possible outcomes, right? Everything mm-hmm. that's in your current bell curve, all of those data points are possible for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about ways that we can get the top half of those data points rather than the bottom half of those data points. Sure. If you go into the test as a, you know, like let's say you're a 168 plus or minus four, mm-hmm. then yeah, you've got 172s on your practice test record and you've also got some 164s on your practice test record. And yep. there's a big difference between 172 and 164, but that's the same guy. You're you're capable of both of those numbers. You know you are because you've seen them on your practice test record record, right? Your recent Mm -hmm. last 10 have, have some of those 164s and have some of those 172s and no amount of like, um, detailed, you know, studying of LSAT concepts Mm -hmm. is going to make the difference between that 172 and that 164. Uh, however, whether you are happy and well rested that day, certainly can make the difference between that 172 and that 164. Yeah. So I guess I'm just trying, I'm, I'm trying to encourage people in the last couple days to just let go of the substance of the test and instead be focusing on, you know, calm, happy, focused, rested, those kinds of things. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. You can, you can't really affect the skills that you fundamentally developed at this point very much, but you can affect how you implement them, right? Whether you're focused, clear headed, um, confident on the ball or yeah. sort of distracted, tired, not feeling great. Um, though that, yeah, and that accounts for some of that swing, of course. And that's the part of the swing that you can, in your scores that you can most affect at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Okay, so I guess we should maybe hit these bullet points about like we'll finish up with our discussion of what to do the day or two before, and then we'll move sure. into the test day stuff. Does that yeah, sound sounds reasonable? good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you put on the top of this list. Um. Wait, you're looking at my list right now. This is like look- every other test that you've seen before. Oh no, I'm looking at the agenda. The way you because you rearranged it, right? You put oh yeah things together. Yeah. So, um, this was your list actually. And you said, this is prep test 81. Oh, you just put my list ahead of your list. Oh, I see. Yeah. You're so generous, <laughs> Ben. Wow. 
<laughs> I just copied and pasted. Yep. Oh, but anyways, it's a good point. What 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 were you trying to say there? Um well, I, so more than anything else, I just want students to go into this test with the idea that they are taking prep test 81. Mhm. That like blows people's minds sometimes, but you know, for us, Ben, this test that's coming up on June 12th, I mean, that's all it is. It's just prep test 81. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been working with our students in class on prep test 78 and prep test 79 and prep test 80. Yeah. And this prep, this is, uh, as soon as scores come out, right on the day that the scores come out, we get our copy of prep test 81, which is mm-hmm. the June 2017 official LSAT that was just released. Yeah. So I, I just want people to go into this test with like, Hey, you know, I, I know what I've done on my prep on my prep tests, I've been taking timed tests, real tests, and I know what I was able to achieve on those tests. And so now I'm going to go in and I'm going to achieve that exact same thing on this test, which is prep test 81. Yeah. I see no reason why you can't do that. And as a matter of fact, I think you can potentially have your best performance on prep test 81. Yeah. I did on my, my own personal test. I scored higher on my test than I did on any of my practice tests. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't see why not. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, a couple of the voicemails I've gotten after the test and, uh, I, I think it's, I say voicemails because a lot of times people will email, of course, after the test, right? That's usually the most convenient way to sort of communicate, but, um, when people do better, <laughs> that's when I get calls usually, right? And it's I have a couple of voicemails where someone said, I just got a 172 and I've never gotten that before, <laughs> you know? Or uh, this is so-and-so and I got a 168 and this is the highest score I ever got. And I just had to call and tell you. Yeah. Um, it, well, it happens. And I think a lot of people assume that it doesn't happen and that it has to drop. Someone I was talking to <laughs> yesterday said that – and this was – this like blew my mind. They're like, I've read, I've read that scores uh, usually drop with the official I've, test and you should I've just – I've read that. Yeah. But wait, wait. This gets worse. It gets worse. It, it usually drops with the official test and um, so I should just plan on that. And I'm like, well, you know, there could be a swing. And then she kind of interrupts me as I'm talking. She said, they say it drops six points. And I was Fuck like, off. what? <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm sorry. You don't, I mean, I'm sorry that you had to read that out there. I don't wow. know who would have said that or why and where they had such a specific number. Um, but boy, that is just, that would, that's just one way to <laughs> get someone ready for the test. That is just not, that is just not true. That is just fiction and, uh, very harmful, uh, could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you really believe that, then sure. sure. Um, yeah. Think about it. Well, Hey, you did prep test 79, right? You did prep yeah. test 80, right? Yeah. Um, every time I administer a practice test, somebody in the room scores higher than they've ever scored before. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. So why can't you on prep test 81 score higher than you've ever scored before? There's nothing, there's, there's nothing stopping you from, I mean, you've been improving, you've been getting better and better at this test 
And there's no reason why not to have your best score on this test. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it does not have to go down. If you believe it's going to go down, then it probably will. But that's a foolish belief. It's not helpful and it's not true. Yeah. So I, I don't think you need to be thinking about that. You know, while we're talking about that issue, I also don't want you to try to score 10 points higher than you've ever scored before. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. I mean, that's actually the most certain way to score six points worse. Sure. Is to go up there swinging for the fences. We are not swinging for the fences. We are trying to make solid contact here. And when you make solid contact, sometimes the ball flies over the fence. Yeah, but but not because you're just up there trying to yank it out of the ballpark. You you need to you need to accept reality, and you need to play the game that you actually have. Yep. So look at your last five practice tests, and you need to job one is to go in there and get a score that matches your last five practice tests, which should be easy. It should not be difficult to go in and get that same score right? You mm-hmm. want, you want that same score and with the opportunity potentially to get lucky and score higher or the opportunity that it really goes well and you score better. But this is not like, Oh, I'm used to getting one sixties, but today I'm going to just do every question on the whole test. Like I'm going to really <laughs> ramp it up because that's, but that's what people do. Oh, man. No, that, absolutely. Well, I think there, there's two sides of this coin, right? One is they ramp it up and they go fast. They say, hey, normally I finish 22 questions, but hey, if I could just get those last three, oh my God. those points, right? And now you're going to get a bunch of questions wrong along the way because you're rushing. And then there's a flip side of this where people say, I'm not going to make a single mistake. And so on question two, they look at the answer and they're like, I've looked at all the answers. Answer D is correct. But let me just double check this by reading the passage again and really yeah. making sure that D makes sense in this context. And you're like, dude, it's question two. You understand it. Choose it and move on. Right. So I yeah. think you have people who speed things up and you have people who slow things way down. And you just want to do what's been working and what you've been doing. If you yeah, play doing it right. Play your game. Play the game you have, not the game you wish you had. And you, you've you done the work. You've done so many practice tests. Why not just go in there and calmly, carefully, the same way, just the same. It should feel exactly the same. You've done so many of these 35-minute sections before. Well, now you're going to do a couple more of them. And it's 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 fine. It's just the the bulk of the test is going to be really easy. If the answer seems too good to be true, that's because it's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and and just yeah, I mean, you're not rushing, you're not you're not stretching, you're not trying to do anything different. You're just calmly, carefully doing what you've done so many times before. Yep. Uh on on this test, which is really, yeah, it's prep test 81. There's no big difference. There's certainly no fundamental difference between this test and every test you've ever seen before. <laughs> By the way, PSA here, if you haven't taken a practice test before or only yeah. one, <laughs> unless you did really well on that one, um, try to withdraw before midnight the night before your test and uh, reschedule it for the next one. Yeah, I mean, you can improve a lot on this test. And if you haven't done the work, then, yeah, you're you're selling yourself short. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when we're speaking 
we're speaking to everybody, I suppose, but for the students who have done the work, you know, you need to reflect back on that maybe and just remember, oh yeah, I've been doing this for 30, for, for three months now. Mm -hmm. I've already got 15 practice tests under my belt or 20 practice tests under my belt. Mm -hmm. Uh, my scores improved a lot. I know that I'm a lot better at this test now than I used to be. Yeah. Okay, good. Well then just go, go do that and don't, don't try for something you're not currently capable of. Just go get that score. You know, whatever those best couple scores were on your record, you didn't get those by rushing. So you're not going to get this, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to do this by rushing either. You're just going to be calm and careful and just, just get them right. Yeah. Um, sorry. Oh no, no, that's good. I was, I was curious. Um, well, you have this other, I think we've kind of covered this a little bit, but you said take the entire test day for you. Yeah. Well, I just, I have some funny stories of people doing things on the, on the day of the test. Like, it's oh, yeah, not like a, getting flights and stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had the, the two funny ones that I'll always remember is I had a, a girl who, who had planned to have a reunion of her college roommates oh. at her apartment and she was cooking dinner for them. Oh no, that's and, awful. And they were like meeting her at her apartment. So she's telling me the story after the fact. And she's like, yeah, well I decided to have my girlfriends come and meet me at my apartment. But then the test ran long. And then I realized that they didn't have any way to get into my apartment. And so I was worried that they were like standing out on the street. And of course I didn't have my phone and I'm like, wait, Oh my God. And so, yeah, of course she, she, her mind was elsewhere during her test and she did not do what she was capable of on that test. So, yeah, well, and, and anytime you plan something, right, things can take longer than you think, right? So yeah. even before the test, you're rushing, you're trying to get to the test and you're thinking, oh, I've got to buy these groceries before I get yeah. to the test. So they're at my apartment when I get home. Oh, man. I mean, you're just adding like stress to yeah. a day that should be basically stress-free, which is why I tell people, hey, um, you don't need to get there super early and be crazy, but give yourself extra time, a little extra than you normally do, because you can always chill at the test center. You can take yeah. it easy. You can hang out. You can walk around the building. You can, you know, whatever. The last thing you want to do, which is unfortunately what I did, is be running into the building and looking for where you need to go and yeah. <laughs> you know panicking slightly like why add any of that craziness to your test i i don't know if i mentioned this but i ended up like i was one of the last people seated <laughs> and i had to go to the bathroom but i was like well i don't have time for that so then when the break finally came around i beelined to the restroom but it, i mean why the heck <laughs> didn't i just get there 10 minutes earlier you know my life would have been much easier, but whatever. I can't yeah. change the past, but avoid my stupidity. Yeah. Make sure you, if, if you can go to the testing center the day before or sometime in the week before, just so you can find it. I think that yeah. would be a really just know just to know where it is, know where the parking is, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, find the restrooms, find the drinking fountain, all that kind of stuff I think is useful. Um, the other... <laughs> Yeah, certainly show up early on the day of the test. Not you don't have to be there at six a.m., but yeah, get there a little bit early. Um, 
so I tell that story about the girl who was frantically yeah, yeah. worrying about her friends with the dinner party. Sure. I, I tell that story in class and then the dude, this dude comes up to me after, after class and he very earnestly asks me, Hey, so, um, I listened to your story, uh, about, about that girl with the dinner party and boy, that, yeah. Yeah, boy, that's tough. Um, so I just want to run my plan by you and see if you think that this will be okay. Um, so my, my, uh, my friends, uh, we're planning, we're going to go to Vegas and we're, it's a road trip and we're going to leave from the test. We're going to leave they're, they're going to pick me up at the test and we're going to leave and immediately go to Vegas. <laughs> He's he's like that'll be all right, won't it? And I'm like, did you not just listen to my whole story? I mean, the fact that my story prompted you to ask me that question, and yeah. and that you don't know the answer to it, it's it's just shocking. But anyway, anyway, um, no, I don't think that's a good idea. What happens if the registration takes longer than expected? And now your friends are, you don't have your cell phone and your friends are all supposed to meet you at some certain time to pick you up, to take you on a road trip to Vegas. Yeah. Now you're thinking, what if they leave without me? What if they, what if they, they show up and they can't find me and they think something like they think I decided not to go. What if, I don't know. It's just, boy, talk about adding unnecessary complications yeah. to your, to your day. And that's just not things that you want to be thinking about while you're doing the test. So I usually recommend like, you know, a quiet night in is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you want to meet up with your study buddies and celebrate, you know, that's totally fine, but pick a bar or restaurant or whatever and make it three hours after the test is supposed to be over. And, you know, just make it where comfortably everybody's going to be able to easily make it and also make sure everybody there understands that the test day can sometimes take a lot longer because of weird, you know, there can be all kinds of weird anomalies, like the, there's a power outage and they have to pause the test. I mean, that's happened before. Mm -hmm. So if that, if that happens, the test is still on. I mean, and you still are going to do it and you still could get the best score you've ever gotten, but not if you're worried about your friends and family that you're supposed to meet up with or, you know, people waiting on you. You don't, you don't want that. You want, this is a day for you. <laughs> this is, this is a very important day. And yeah. so you can go ahead and just block out the full 24 hours and say, Hey, this is me time. I got to take care of my business. You guys go do whatever you want. Have fun. I got to take care of myself here. Yeah. And if you end up meeting up with them at the bar later, that's awesome. But you don't, you don't have to make super rigid specific plans about it. I think what happens is that people get confused about the whole process because when you think about the test itself, right, it's six sections of 35 minutes each with a 15-minute break. That comes out to be three hours and 45 minutes or so, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you're thinking, oh, three hours, four, four hours. Okay, so four hours plus a little bit of time to get in there and get seated. So – Maybe I need four and a half hours. So if you're going to the June test, which starts at 1230, and you're thinking four and a half hours, you're thinking to yourself, okay, so I'm going to get out about five. Well, LSAC tells you to expect as long as seven hours. And yeah. whenever I say that, people freak out. They're like, seven hours? Yeah, um, that's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to get out in five hours. So if you start at 1230, you'll probably be done at 530. That's fine. But 
the reality is they're saying that because, like you said, these things happen. And if you plan on seven hours, then you're probably going to be fine because the vast yeah. majority of people are going to get out in five to six plan, at most. Plan on the whole day and just just slow your roll. You need to just relax and just, yeah. just realize that you're in this for the day. There's nothing you can do about it. They're going to be in charge. The registration process can take an extra hour sometimes. The seating yeah. and registration process can take forever. Um, the break can be extended for a variety of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard of the break being doubled sometimes uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Just shit can happen. Yeah, We've heard of there being literally a marching band outside of the testing center where they had to pause the test, collect all the materials so that nobody can cheat, go out and try to talk to the band and get the band to shut up. <laughs> um, the band refuses and then come back in and restart the test with, you know, but an hour later, but with the band still practicing. I mean, all these things can, can happen. Yeah. Um, and if you have a free schedule, then you're fine. It's, it's like the yeah. difference between people who are rushing to some meeting in their car and they get pissed about the most, you know, s- like ridiculous infraction, if you will. Right, right. Uh, but if you're like, hey, I got even just even 10, 15 extra minutes to get to my meeting, then all of a sudden you don't have road rage because you hit a red light and it's like nothing matters. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to hang out here and I'll, then I'll keep going in a few seconds. Like, Yeah, I'm chilling. I'll get there eventually. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, and that's, that's the sort of the mentality you need to have for test day. And keep in mind this too, right? How many things do you get done in a normal day And then look back and be like, wow, I got this thing done. Most of the stuff that we get done is stupid. We don't ever remember it. And we're like, yeah, what did I do today? When you go and take the LSAT, you can say, if you do nothing else that day, well, I took the LSAT. I got that done. I took that off of my list. That's a huge item. And so you don't need to do anything else that day to feel any sort of accomplishment, I don't think. Yeah, no big deal. It's just probably the most important day of your whole legal career you know (laughs) not to add any pressure (laughs) no but i mean i'm not adding pressure i'm 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 trying to say it's a big opportunity it's a big achievement yeah it's and and it should be your priority for the day so you don't you don't need to have 20 things going on on that day that's that's definitely enough yeah um okay so this is uh let's see should we shift over to the day of the test yeah, let's shift over to the day of the test. And, so we're uh, in the car. We're driving to the test. Get there early. I'm listening to some rap music. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know, because I just always listen to rap music in the car. All right, That's yeah. What, oh, but these people are good. listening to the Thinking LSAT podcast. Oh, I guess we could have... <laughs> I was going to say, we could have music in the background. That'd be awful. I hate it well, when people talk over music. No, our bumper music is kind of rap music, though. So that's, it is. They got that. They got that going for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you show up there, and there's often a lot of um, chaos, right? There are people running around sometimes. Well, you, this you don't it's need a to good, be a part of it. Yeah, it's a good opportunity to just kind of notice all of the other crazy people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a little game you can play is to see if you can spot the person who has the most pencils. 
Oh yeah, some people come there with like forty pencils. You really, so you're, what, what are you going to do? You're going to use one pencil for every two questions? Like, oh, I just bubbled in A and B, and now it's time to get a new one. I'm just imagining like you have to wear safety goggles because you're breaking so many pencils as you as you're grinding through the test. There's like shrapnel going flying everywhere in the room because okay. they're going to have a sore arm before they're done. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So the guy with the pencils, I, I've mentioned this before, but because people probably will not go back and find it and, uh, they may not have heard it. Uh, when I took it officially, we had to take, um, passport photos to the test center and they would well, actually, sorry, just one, but it was a fixed, it was supposed to be a fixed to your, um, uh, your ticket that was printed yeah. out. Thankfully yeah. that's all taken care of. But the person, like a few in my, uh, testing room, a few people in front of me, she had not attached it, and the proctor said, well, here, let me put it on there for you. And she took some masking tape, and she put the tape over the picture and then stuck the, the picture to the ticket. And the girl was like, I am not going to have tape over my face. And she was freaking out, and the proctor's like, it's no big deal. We're going to throw these away in seven days anyways. And she's like, no, no, I will not have that on my face. And they were literally like tugging the ticket back and forth. You know, I mean, this is just, wow, it's what? just insanity. And finally the girl took it and walked off to the side and the proctor was like, okay, whatever, next. And um, she got the tape off and re- re- reapplied her, her picture. But I think it stems from the, um, you know, the just the general anxiety in the room. Yeah. People are just not themselves. Um, I mean, maybe that's who that person is since I don't know her anyways, but I imagine that's not her normal self. And if you can kind of become an observer, then you're not a participant and you get all the benefits that come with that, right? Anything that's crazy that happens, you can laugh at and and just roll with them, like you said, and uh, as opposed to becoming all agitated and a part of it. The picture thing is so funny because... Nowadays, it's all taken care of uploading the picture electronically and printing it out on the ticket. That's definitely better than it used to be. But I I remember people, stories of people having to, because they had forgotten, because the whole point we're trying to get across here is to look at how ill-prepared everyone else is. I mean, everyone else in the room is less prepared than you are. That's for sure. Half the people there did no prep whatsoever, and they're just taking it cold. (laughs) I mean, you, if you're listening to this, you are already more prepared than the average person in the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the picture thing was hilarious because there are stories of people having to cut up their driver's license. Like I, I, oh, oh, I forgot to goodness. bring a picture and, and taking scissors <laughs> and cutting their driver's license or um, cutting their passport, cutting their oh, United wow. States passport and cutting Jeez. the picture out and taping it onto their admission ticket and hoping that the proctor would let them, you know, let this fly. I mean, at that point, you might as well just turn around and go home. You know, you're cutting yeah. up your passport because you forgot a photograph. <laughs> All right. This is not the day for you. It's time yeah. for you. You could just relax. And next time you could be prepared. Sure. Um, what other funny things happened? Yeah. You know, the story of like in my test, the girl who broke down crying because she had misbubbled her bubble sheet. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. one that shouldn't happen because you should be practicing with bubble sheets. You should know how to use bubble sheets by now. But she she broke down crying because she had misbubbled her bubble sheet and the proctors 
let her rebubble it. They were like, oh, I can see what you did here. You just skipped one and now you bubbled the whole column. And I think they, they checked it versus her test, her printed test or something. You know, mm-hmm. they, they checked like, oh yeah, I see you meant to put B here and C here, but instead you've got them off by one. You put B on the next one and C on the next one after that. Okay, no problem. We'll let you erase it and rebubble in your bubble sheet. They let her do that at the break. Wow. and That's nice of them. I'm surprised. No, yeah, that's how I reacted. Different. That's how I reacted to it. I was like, oh man, this girl, you know, she already had a mental breakdown. She's crying. She's like trying to get herself (laughs) back together. (laughs) Well, it's like, I'm not worried that this girl is going to get some unfair advantage over me by the fact that they're letting her rebubble her bubble sheet. I mean, I already kicked her ass on those first few sections guaranteed. And I'm going to kick her ass on section four and five too, because just she's, this is not her best day, you know? And so who cares? But the the really instructive thing was looking around the room and watching everyone else. They were all pissed off. Everyone else in the room oh, was like, that's really? not, yeah, they're like, that's not fair. I, I'm going to write a complaint to LSAC. This is not fair. She's getting extra time. And, oh, you know, yeah. people what are whispering. What is that going to do for them? Well, I was like even more smug at that point, right? I'm looking around going, oh, so you guys are in a position where you're going to get upset because the proctors did a really nice thing for this poor girl. And that's where your head's at, that you Mm -hmm. now think that affects you negatively. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? You're right. You're right. It does affect you negatively. Not the way you think it does, Mm -hmm. but it's affected you negatively because now you're steaming and you're in your head during section four, you're still uh, drafting your, your, beautiful complaint letter (laughs) that you're going to write to the LSAC. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like that none of this is my concern. I'm, I'm looking around the room observing everyone else's frantic uh, franticness. Right. I mean, it's like you can just decide that you're going to be the, um, what is it? The eye of the storm, right? You're just going to be that calm center while everyone else is freaking out around you. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, that, that does bring me to my, my tip of, and you, you wrote it actually on your list, which is perfect. Um, this idea of taking five seconds at the start of the section to just take a deep breath. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, uh, it is on my list, but I originally got it from you. So, (laughs) but I'll, I'll speak about it with authority. Yeah. Um, I know I love it, and I tell people this all the time. And the idea is just, hey, look, the proctor is going to say start at some point, and everyone in that room is going to put their head down and they're going to start sometimes even writing things. Like, oh, it's hilarious! Yeah, I don't know what you're writing at that second. Yeah, you can sit there and listen because you'll you'll hear all the you'll hear pages flying and pencil scratching. Yeah. I mean, they're just going at it and it's just kind of affirms that they think the situation is crazy and chaotic and they have no time for anything. But um, if you take five seconds and look at that and again, separate yourself from it, don't be a participant. um, You're affirming to yourself in so many ways that you're in control, that the best way to approach this test is to calmly understand it and that will help you go quickly through the answers and thus quickly through the section. That's the fastest way to get through the section. Yeah. And you, yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, you're saying five seconds. I mean, I would even take potentially longer than that. I think I did on my test. I think I took longer than five seconds. I mean, I think it might have been 30 seconds of just contemplating, you know, sitting there, sure. looking around the room and watching everyone else as it's like, holy shit, you're already on question number three. I mean, I'm not, I can't actually see their page, so I don't know what question they're on, but like to see someone turning the page, it's 30 seconds into the section and they're already turning the page. Yeah. And it's like, what are you possibly doing? You can't Mm -hmm. either you're, you know, I I got, I got two hypotheses. One is you're the smartest person in the world and you're flying through the test. That's possible. Or two, far more likely you just missed those questions on that first page. Yeah. Or you're making some weird decisions like, oh, I don't like this type of game and it's game one. I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to skip that one and now I'm going to the next one. And it's like, okay, like how, how do you know that in 15, 20 seconds to the point where you're now skipping? Yeah, it's bizarre. You know, I've told this to classes ever since I heard it from you and most classes, uh, sort of have a a muted response. They just say, oh, okay, interesting. Like I'd never thought about that before. But one class, um, let's see here, about six months ago, so I think it was for the September 2016 LSAT, they – I don't know. There was just this uproar. I was like – so just just like wait for a few seconds and someone in the back was like, what? Like there's no way. I don't have time to do that. And (laughs) it was just – I think that's a very common – maybe thought that maybe people have like they just don't they can't imagine giving up 30 seconds but it's like i can't imagine rushing so much that now you're essentially giving up 35 minutes because nothing you're really taking in is fully clicking and so now you have no idea whether you're getting questions right or wrong and i think that's where people get blindsided right then they're like well i felt like it was going well but boy gee i got like seven wrong i got 13 wrong and I, I just I just have to go back and look at these and it's like oh oh I should have read more carefully I'm like oh yeah yeah okay. it's like that meditation thing if you, if you think you don't have time for meditation that's yeah. exactly why you need it yeah exactly and this this is a perfect exa- I mean it's perfect analogy because 30 seconds you know that's oh my god really you're gonna waste 30 seconds holy sh- you're gonna Nathan, you can't be serious. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I'm going to take 30 seconds. By yeah. the way, there's 35 minutes in the section. Mm-hmm. So 30 seconds, that's half of one of 35 minutes. So that is 170th mm-hmm. of the time that I have here to answer 25 questions. So That is 1.4% of your time. Yeah, so how... <laughs> How can I, how, how does that possibly matter that much? I mean, the most it could possibly matter is like half of one question. Yeah. So yeah, I would, oh, I would give up half of a question right now. I I mean, if you said, Hey, Nathan, you can have, we're going to give you a minus one to start the section. Uh, but you now have a dramatically lessened risk of rushing and freaking out during the section. Would you like to take that? Yeah. <laughs> I would take that every day. Yeah. I'm happy with 24 points in the section. That's fine. 
Yeah. I'll see you at the end, everybody. You know, I'll sacrifice one of these questions. And by the way, the one I'm going to sacrifice is the one at the end of the section because right, I'm still going to start at the beginning of the section when I start. <laughs> so I'm still going to get all the easy ones right. Yeah, I'm not skipping yeah. question number one by doing this. I'm skipping question number 25 by doing this, which could yeah. very well be the hardest question on the test. So like, chill out and don't participate in this mad rush. You, yeah. you, you have a pace, you've done all these practice tests. This is just another practice test and you're going to go at your own calm, careful pace. So yeah, absolutely. Take a moment to breathe, take a moment to stretch, take a moment to, you know, look around the room and realize how lucky you are to even be in that room instead of out, um, you know, actually working for a living. You're sitting here playing this game to, to try to become a, a lawyer, to play even better games, you know, and, uh, boy, little bit of perspective, I think goes a long way. And if you think you don't have the time to do that, that's, you know, exactly why I think you should. Wait, were you just suggesting that a legal career might be enjoyable? For the right crazy people, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The Let's people be very that clear, I... though. For the vast majority of you, this is the wrong path and you need to get off now. But if yes. you're on the right path, then yes, this is one game uh, that will lead to a future of many other fun Oh, super more fun games, games. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you... Right. <laughs> you're you're going to enjoy playing this one, then you're going to also enjoy law school, then you're going to also enjoy legal practice. So yeah. you're on the right track. If you're, if you're feeling happy and positive about this, then you're on the right track. If not, then it's a pretty good indication that you're not on the right track. So I don't know, maybe people now <laughs> I can just see all the cars that were headed to the testing center. <laughs> now they just turn around, <laughs> uh, just blow right past the exit. Nah, yeah. I'm going to go to the beach instead. That's right. That's great. Do it. Good. Do it. Do it. Don't <laughs> go to the LSAT testing center right now. Go to the beach <laughs> instead. Okay. Or go and realize it doesn't matter anyway. And yeah. You'll probably do well. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I had written down was, uh, at any given moment, your one and only job is to understand the question you're working on. And I think this kind of ties into what we were talking about just a second ago. Um, your job is not to rush through the section. Your job is just to focus on the question in front of you and do the most you can uh, to understand it and understand what it's asking of you. And then answering the question to the best of your ability. That doesn't mean perfection, but give it a good go. Give it your best shot and then choose an answer and be done with it and go to the next question. And then now your job has changed is to answer that question. You don't want to be thinking about questions you've answered in the past. You don't want to be thinking yeah. about how many questions you have left. Yeah. Your job at any given moment is to answer the question in front of you to choose an answer and then move on. Yeah. Love it. So you're not worried about the next question. You're not worried about the previous question, which is a big problem. You have answered the previous question to the best of your ability. You know, it's you're you might not be a hundred percent, but you're as close as you're going to reasonably get. And you've bubbled in a bubble and now you're doing the next one. And when you're doing the next one, you need to be only doing the next one. Yep. Um, one at a time, calmly, carefully answering one question. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think, I think this leads into the next thing, um, which is when they call five minutes, don't speed up, never speed up, but don't do anything differently. Your job 
remains the same the entire time. Yes. You're answering the question you're on, and then you're moving on to the next one. And you may not finish, and that's okay. Yeah, you just, I do recommend that people randomly bubble in their they ran they bubble in their guesses at five minutes. Okay, I don't know if I don't know if you tell them teach it that way, but I, I just say hey at five minutes, you can go ahead and bubble in a, a straight. I I recommend a straight line of random guesses, all A's, B's, C's, D's, or E's. I don't care which you pick, but pick your favorite letter and bubble in a random guess for the remaining questions on the section. I have my students do that at the five minute warning. And then they just calmly, carefully answer one more question. Uh, and then and they er- erase their answers as they Yeah, they, well, it, because how many more? That's the, my point is really you should be answering one. You should be answering two more questions after the five-minute warning has been called. Yeah. Roughly, right? You know, sometimes you might be able to, like, kill a logic game and answer five questions or something. That's possible. But... Yeah. Like on logical reasoning, you really shouldn't be answering five questions after the five minute warning has been called. And uh, to be to be clear on that point, um, sometimes you can, but the way to do that is to not try. Right, right? by calmly, f- carefully answering one, and then calmly, carefully answering another one, you might accidentally be able to answer five in five minutes. But not by forcing five in five minutes. Exactly, and yeah. and I think that's I think that's really important because if you can realize that that one that that's possible, I think that can relieve some of the stress, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it it actually is possible, but the way to do it and the way to do as much as you can is to just focus on that question mm-hmm. that you're working on and answer it. And you'd be surprised what you can do in five minutes. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. unfortunate when people check out, they're like, well, oh, I can't do anything. I mean, there's too much to do. I can't do anything. Sometimes people say this too about the games. They're like, well, I just started the last game with five minutes to go. I, I can't do anything in that amount of time. And it's like, well, typically a game setup can take me anywhere from two minutes on an easier game to maybe four minutes on a harder game. But how long is this one going to take you? You have no idea. Start reading it and try to understand it. And maybe you finish it in three minutes and now you can answer the first question and the second question. I mean, questions don't take a minute, especially in the games, because most of the time is in the setup. And once yeah. you understand what's going on, the questions themselves can go pretty fast. So, like, you just have to keep plugging away, keep pushing yeah. forward. Yeah, it's not forcing it. It's not analyzing how much time do I have left and I'm going to spread my time over the remaining questions. That is absolutely not the way to do it. Yep. You just need to get, I just try to get people to, you know, there, there are a lot of students that are going to get zero points after that five minute warning has been called. Yep. I don't want that to be you. I want you to differentiate yourself from the field by just getting one more point. Yep. And if you get that one more point, you can start working on the next one and maybe you get another point too. Mm-hmm. But that's always going to, you know, the five minute warning, there's only one seventh of your time remaining. Yeah. So you should have done the bulk. You've done the bulk of what you're going to do. Yeah. Most of the time you've done the bulk of what you're going to do. Yeah. And now you're just going to try to get one more right and one more right after that. And if you do that, you are going to differentiate yourself from the people who are frantically trying to do eight questions in the last five minutes. I mean, because yeah. those people, they think they're doing it, but all they're really doing is randomly guessing. 
Yeah. Hey, I wanted to jump ahead to the the last uh, thing I was mentioning here, anticipate yeah. and embrace bad things even before you get to the test. Yep. Sometimes I will tell people to imagine um, bad things that might happen. And when I say this, people get really nervous and they're like, why would I want to think about that? But I think the research is on my side here, and that is – this is what EMTs do. They think about things that might go wrong and then what they would do about them. And in most cases, there is a solution. And that's just to refocus on what you're working on or whatever, or to take a deep breath and start again, working on the question that you have in front of you. But I think because um, something bad happens and People didn't want to think about it. They were afraid to think about it. Uh, the surprise is what messes them up, not the actual thing itself. Like it's not that bad. Yep. Uh, I have this weird story where a long time ago someone was taking a test and believe it or not, a baseball broke through a window in the room. <laughs> I mean, wow. that's that's crazy. I, I mean, what are the chances of that? I don't. I just. I don't, I don't know how likely that is, but it happened, and. Um, they uh, they said a lot of people freaked out naturally. I mean, that would be very startling. And some people were just totally thrown off by that, and some people weren't. So, you know, things things will happen, and if you anticipate them, then when they do, you're just like – or even just the generalized bad thing, whatever that might be, you just expect something weird to happen. When it does, you're like, oh. Well, that was the weird thing that was going to happen for my test, and I'm now seeing it happen, and it's not that bad, and I just need to refocus on what's going to happen and what's in front of me. Absolutely. I I have an analogy for that, which is um, you have to, in in golf, I'm a golfer. Actually, I'm taking this analogy from poker. They say in poker, you, in order to really be excellent, you have to be willing to make embarrassingly bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to embrace that you're going to lose sometimes. You have to embrace that really bad shit's going to happen to you and you're going to do really dumb stuff sometimes and feel yeah. like an idiot and everybody's going to know you're an idiot and you're going to be embarrassed. Yeah. In golf, uh, and, and that you, you, you perform better if you just accept that in advance as part of the game. In golf, um, the worst thing you can do, the most embarrassing thing in golf is to miss like a you know 18-inch putt. Like a, you should make – hundred out of a hundred of these. And, but you know, you're going to miss one every once in a while. And I've started recently. It's a, it's bizarre, you know, it's counterintuitive. I don't think you would think that this is what I'm thinking, but I'm standing there over an 18 inch putt now and I'm going, Oh yeah, I totally miss this sometimes, but it doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm probably, you know, but then I'm also like, well, I'm probably not going to miss this one. I definitely don't miss most of them. But if I do, it won't be the first or last time. And it's just not the end of the world. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be, it'll be momentarily slightly embarrassing, but it's like, okay, fine, whatever. It's just shit happens. And, um, when I've started, that has, has, has helped me to be, it's ironic, but it's helped me to be more confident <laughs> over those little putts because it's like, you know, I just don't give a shit if I miss it or not. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm probably not going to, but I totally could. And now that I've accepted that possibility, then it's just, I let go of it now and it doesn't matter. And, um, yeah. So on the, on the LSAT specifically, what, 
what sorts of bad things, I mean, we could go back and forth, but I can, I can envision a few bad things happening on the LSAT. Uh, sure. I think a common one might be, uh, you get into a game and you're struggling with it. You're not understanding the questions. Uh, you realized you messed up a rule and that's why things aren't yeah. making sense. And you and feel it's like, game one. Yeah, it's game one. And it's section one. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's how you could open the test and see a game and it could feel totally unfamiliar to you. Yeah. Or, or it feels familiar, but you write the rule down incorrectly and you're going through the questions. And then on question four, you realize there's two correct answers mm-hmm. or no correct answers. And you're like, why is that? And you go back and you read the rules and you're like, oh, this is the easiest game in the world. It says T has to come before W, but for some reason I wrote it down as W before T. Yeah. So what does that mean about all the answers I've already answered? I'm now seven minutes into the game or the test or whatever. Yeah. I've totally blown an easy game. And you start panicking and you're wondering if you should just like – Skip to the next game. Skip to the – yeah. Well, now I know the correct rule. I'll answer this question. I'll answer the last question, but I'll leave the other – like, you know, you just like, okay – well, now it's like you started the, the section a little bit late, but yeah. it's far better if they take off the last five minutes of your test to do the first three games than the last three games. So yeah. you just go back, you fix the rule. You're already very, very familiar with the game in other respects. So yeah. uh, you just have to confirm that that change didn't affect your questions. So you just go through them again, but that's the best use of your time. And you, the panic or the response is really what's going to mess you up, right? Not necessarily the yeah. fact that you're now five minutes, maybe even seven minutes behind where you'd like to be because yeah. it's not even that. It's not even that. Like you, you're already familiar with the game. So it's like you have right. a leg up. And it's so better really than you only, think. Yeah. yeah. You're probably like two minutes behind. It feels like seven, but it, you're probably like two or three because how much time have you really spent since you made that mistake? Not as much as it seems. No, I, I think that's a great, I think that's a great tip. You know, if you hate reading comprehension, I think you should plan on reading comprehension being your section one and, and yeah. also your section two, <laughs> yeah. because one of them could be experimental and you don't know which one's which and your test day, you know, you, uh, yeah, I'm talking to you, the person who hates reading comprehension, your test very likely will have reading comprehension section one and section two. It's not far fetched. So if that happens, you know, you just need to go in expecting it. Or if it's logic games you hate, then yeah, the same thing can happen with logic games. Or if it's, oh, the dreaded three sections in a row of logical reasoning. How many times have I heard people complain about, oh, I just, you'll never believe it, Nathan. I got three sections in a row of logical reasoning. Yeah. And I'm like, who gives a shit? It's 35 minutes. You know how to do a 35 minute section of logical reasoning. And when it's over, then you do a new 35 minute section of logical reasoning. It doesn't have to be taxing. It doesn't have to be dramatic. You're making it taxing and dramatic by, by just being so hysterical about the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's basically what we're saying is, um, turn the test into a cup half full thing by expecting the thing that you don't want to happen to happen. And so when it doesn't happen, which is going to be in most cases, you're going to be like, oh, this is awesome, as opposed to, 
when it does happen, oh, this is what I was hoping wouldn't happen and it did happen. I knew this was going to happen. This is a horrible day, yada, yada, yada. And everything is just like downhill from there. Yeah. I I love your your thing here about bad games, bad proctors, bad desks. I love people complain people complaining about bad desks always makes me laugh. Yeah. So I mean what, these desks are wanna... small, but hey, they're small for everyone. And just embrace it. And that's gonna be your differentiator. Yeah, I I had the little flippy, you know, the little flippy thing that they used to have in the old school college classrooms. Some people yeah. know what I'm talking about, where it's just like movie theater seats, but then every seat has a little slidey, flippy thing that a little quarter of a desk that flips up, and that's yeah, what yeah. you use to write on. Yeah. Um, I that's what I had when I took the LSAT, and I say that in class, and I hear like, oh, oh my god, oh no, you had a small. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that. Why does that, how does that affect me? Yeah. That's the, oh no, I have to stack up my answer sheet underneath my, my test booklet while I'm reading this question. Who cares? I'm engaged with the material of the test. Mm-hmm. The, the desk issue is not going to be the end of the world. It's not like I'm, it's not that much writing anyway. I have to bubble in a bubble, big deal. So yeah, I, I love this line that you wrote, Ben, just, you know, worrying about bad games, bad proctors, bad desks. They're mainly bad because you're afraid of them and you don't want them to happen. It's, it's your desire for thing. It's like, because you're not living in reality because you're like, Oh, I wish I had a different desk. Mm -hmm. Then now you're going to let that really impact your performance on the test. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you're creating you're creating a drama for yourself. You, you should be, you should be looking at the question in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> instead of letting your mind wander to all of these other distractions. Yeah. And by the way, recently we've had some sort of unusual games, right? Which I think we've consistently said, Hey, look, they tend not to be as hard as we think they are. They're just new. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is just along this line of reasoning Plan on that. Plan on a game being weird. Plan on a game being unlike any other game you've ever practiced before. And keep in mind that it's unlike that. It's unlike any game anyone has ever seen before. So you're not alone. So if other people are are there, and they will be, they're going to be struggling. If you're struggling, they're struggling. So embrace that and be like, great. Well, if I can get two of these points, that's more than someone – else who's just like forget this i don't know what to do here or running in circles or whatever and usually when you start to get two then all of a sudden you unlock the game and you can do the remaining three or four so yeah i don't know with with weird games and with tough reading comprehension i think the thing to remember is that all the information is there on the page somewhere yep you know that with the game these games are perfect. They don't give you a game that isn't solvable. And just because it seems funny doesn't mean it's going to be super difficult. In fact, we've seen a lot of these funny games that end up being really easy once you understand the way the system works. So again, you know, go back to that. You took a deep breath at the beginning of the section, right? You didn't rush at the beginning of the section. Well, when you see this challenging game, why not take another 15 seconds to just breathe and to just 
See if you can grasp the whole picture, you know, each piece individually. See if you can understand what each rule is saying. And then start to maybe see how those rules overlap and intersect. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's just not as easy. It's not as hard as you as you thought it was. I agree. Um, I know you have to get going soon. Do you want to talk about these, the three sections? Yeah, I mean, I so... Yeah. And I guess we could wrap it up on those. I mean, just, I wanted to give if, and I did this very quickly, Ben, so you can, you can uh, please chime in and correct me if you think that this is not the right thing to be thinking about. But I, I just thought, well, how about for logic games, for logical reasoning and reading comprehension, come up with like a bullet point or two of what you should be thinking about. Does that Sure. Sound, sound reasonable? Yeah, I think now, that's reasonable. This is not like technical stuff, and it's certainly not advanced stuff. But um, when in doubt, on the logic games, what am I thinking as I go into the logic games? Well, for one, I'm going to look for connections between the rules. I'm going to understand the rules individually, and then I'm going to try to look at the ways those rules connect. One very simple way, especially on really easy games, is to find a variable that was mentioned more than once. Mm-hmm. If there's no var- if there's a if there's a variable that was mentioned more than once, and that's the only variable that was mentioned more than once, that's like eighty percent of the time. That's going to be really the best place to start. Yeah. So look for connections. Take an extra moment. Don't rush right into the first question. It's just that that moment that pause that helps you to see the way the system works and that that pause can make a huge difference. I mean, you you think you're burning 15 seconds by by sitting there and not, you know, frantically doing question number 1, but that 15 seconds that you invest in thinking about the system very likely is going to save you 5 minutes on the game. Yeah. So, um yeah, games it's just Take your time, look for connections, especially if you see somebody who was mentioned more than once, you need to think about that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay. On logical reasoning, I said, I want you to engage with the speaker. And more than anything else, I want you to predict the answer before you start looking at the answer choices. And I would clarify that's sort of a rough prediction, right? Like sometimes people, I think, get panicked because they haven't predicted predicted the exact answer you're just saying hey look this is how i might weaken it this is how i might strengthen it this is how i would describe the flaw in my words you don't need to use their garbage language this is not the answer that they've written down it's just a a prediction of how you would respond to the question given the uh, passage provided I think on logical reasoning, the big difference between people who are awesome at it and people who are who are not awesome at it really is just taking that moment to predict an answer. If you if you can't make a prediction, then maybe you didn't read closely enough in the first place. So yeah. take that moment for yourself to make a prediction. Yeah, you, sometimes you are going to exactly predict the answer. And boy, it's nice when that happens. But if you don't exactly predict the answer, at least you have put yourself in a position where you think you know what you're supposed to be answering, right? You've read the argument, you've read the question, you've come up with some idea of what you think the answer to this question might be. And that's going to much better equip you to sort through the answers, get rid of the worst ones, and hopefully you can narrow it down. 
And be, yeah, exactly. And be receptive to maybe a different answer, but it's going along similar lines or answering the question. You're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, that would also weaken the argument. Good point. And then you choose it because you've engaged, you've attempted as opposed to just quickly going through all the text and being like, okay, well, let's see here. Yeah. It's not my answer, but it's like my answer. So that could be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then last thing, and then I got to run on reading comprehension. I just wanted you to take a moment after the first sentence and predict what they're going to say next. I, I really do do that. I mean, I read one sentence and then I go, huh, okay, let's think about where this passage is going to go. Yeah. And then I do the same thing at the end of maybe the next sentence, but certainly I do the same thing at the end of each paragraph. I'll, I'll take a pause. It's just a moment, five seconds, 10 seconds. Take a moment to make sure that I've understood what I've read so far and predict what I think is going to come next. Yeah. Um, I, at the end of the passage, I certainly think about, well, here was the main point. What was the main point of that whole thing? Why did I read that? What do they want? And then when I go to the questions on the reading comprehension, I just like to remind myself that essentially these are all must be true questions, not all of them, but 90% of them are must be true questions. And so I need to pick an answer that the argument that the passage said, just which one of these did the passage say, I think is the really the root of reading comprehension. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think if I were to summarize uh, all these tips for all these three sections into one sentence, it would be take time to understand what the heck is going on before you answer any question. And then just go from there. Yeah. You're, there's no gaming it, you know, it, it should seem easy if you're doing it right. And so you need to take another moment. If it's not seeming easy, I think you need to take another moment and hopefully it'll all come into focus and you'll realize that it's, it's just, (laughs) it's almost always a lot easier than you think it is. Yeah. Well, Ben, good job. Um, I got to run because I have a student. Uh, listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend, um, share it on social media, subscribe your friends to the podcast. We really appreciate you listening and uh, we wish you the best of luck for the test. Ben, I'll let you have the final yeah. word. Yeah, likewise. Um, good luck and know that you can always take it again. So. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, it is not the end of the world. I mean, we have unlimited unlimited tries at the LSAT now, huh? That's right. <laughs> cool. cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. See ya.